And that's how the kitten saved Halloween. Well, at least that story was short. Aw, I liked that one. That was real adorable. See, I was waiting for the kittens to discover that the witch was dismembering and eating the children. But I guess this is fine, too. Don't be gross. Well, yeah, I didn't want the night to end on something that would give us nightmares. I like to sleep at night. Yeah, that's a great story to end on. Agreed. Well, see you guys later. Not not so fast. Look, does it even really count if we don't have nightmares tonight? Yes. Yes, it does. Well, too bad. Nightmare time. (laughs) Be night. Time for kittens. The double doors burst open, letting a column of light cut through the darkened wood-paneled office. The shadow of a man clearly framed in the band of light on the floor. A young man frantically staggers into the room from the door, breathing heavily. Several canaries in a large wire cage ruffle and chirp softly, surprised by the sudden entrance. He moves past a desk strewn with papers and books. The handling of dream interpretation and psychoanalysis by Sigmund Freud. The Unity Problem of Physics by Theodore Kaluza. Contributions to Quantum Theory by Albert Einstein. Space-Time Structure by Erwin Schrodinger. He keeps nervously looking over his shoulder with bloodshot, sleepless eyes, and he unscrews the top of a bottle of bourbon. He shakily places a tumbler glass on the scattered scholarly papers and fills it, missing the glass almost as much as not, and he collapses into the chair behind the desk. He goes to take a sip. But as he does, the canaries chirp alarmingly, causing him to startle, sloshing the bourbon down his front. Light is cut by the shadow of another figure. He blinks at the figure for a moment. Oh, Lawrence, it's just you. I hope you don't mind I help myself to your bourbon. Your study isn't working, I'm afraid. He wipes the wet mark on his tie with a handkerchief. It's gotten worse. The nightmares I told you about. They... they're no longer confined to my unconscious mind. I was... I was hoping you could stop them by now. I... The figure takes a step further into the room. The man eyes it suspiciously. You're... You're not Lawrence, he says, closing his eyes and shaking his head before looking again, as if to clear a fog from his mind. It's... It's you. The beast that haunts my dreams. The thing that has afflicted me with these sleepless nights. The figure takes a step closer. The man startles and stands out of his chair, the chair toppling over. He backs up against the bookshelf. He fumbles with his collar and pulls a crucifix on a chain, yanking it off of his neck and thrusting it out in front of him. Lawrence's science be damned. I don't know what you are, incubus, succubus, demon, devil, or whatever manner of biblical horror. Regardless, you will not torment me any longer. The figure stops. Its head tilts down to look at the crucifix, and it cocks its head. After a beat, there's a flash of movement and the figure grabs the man's wrist, holding the cross. He yelps softly and winces from its grip. In a distorted, inhuman voice, the figure says, You have seen us. So too have we seen you. Another sudden flash of movement and the man's hand is jerked upward, thrusting the top of the cross into his eye. The canaries in the cage begin squawking and flying about. Blood gushes as he lets out a horrifying scream of pain. The figure takes its unnatural, spindly fingers and extends them into the man's screaming mouth, muffling it instantly. 
It jerks downward, breaking his jaw, causing the scream to turn into a yowl as his tongue hangs out of his mouth. The man collapses on his knees, alone, in the office. The figure now nowhere to be seen, his eyes and jaw intact, but his eyes wide open, frozen in terror, blood drained from his face. The squawking of the birds continues as a pool of blood forms behind his head on the hardwood floor. Mr. Caravino, did you hear me? The doctor asks. Dr. Amy Ward, a striking woman in her 50s, wearing a red turtleneck sweater under a white lab coat. She has wavy gray hair that is pulled into a ponytail that hangs to her mid-back. She's looking over her glasses perched on the tip of her nose as she holds a clipboard sitting across the table from you as you are being fitted with an EEG cap by a sleep deck. You shake the fog out of your head, your mind clearly still lingering on the disturbing scene of your last nightmare. Oh, so so sorry. Uh, please, just call me Claudio. It's, it's fine. Claudio, then. I I had just asked if you experienced nightmares often. No, I, I haven't experienced... Too many nightmares, uh, though, uh, to be honest, uh, I do occasionally partake in, uh, different things, so they could possibly cloud memory of such dreams, nightmares, and what have you. I, I see. So, Cliff, tell us what Claudio looks like. So, Claudio is a tall man, rather thin, kind of lanky. He has, a uh, long, stringy, blonde hair that he usually keeps pulled back into a ponytail, short stubble, five o'clock shadow, uh, bright blue eyes. Uh, from his accent, he's, you know, in that Eastern European, specifically uh, Switzerland. And he looks a little bit older than he actually is. He's uh, only about uh, 27, 28 years old at this point. But uh, he looks like from uh, from spending too much time uh, partying or what have you, he looks like he's at least in his mid-30s at this point. Dr. Ward nods with your answer, and she says, All right, moving on. Um, How would you describe the quality of your sleep most nights? Hmm. I would say my sleep is... It, it comes hard as of late, but I would not necessarily always qualify it as restful, more as... Uh, Getting what is necessary to be able to uh, in live life to fullest. I see. And lastly, as a baseline for this study, how much sleep did you get last night? I would say good two hours. She makes a face. Oh, well, very well. We'll have to make some adjustments to our study then. But it's not a problem. She continues asking you questions. You know, all simple baseline psychological questions, questions about your sleep patterns, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, after you're done with this, she leads you through a set of double doors into a circular stark white room. Here's where you'll be calling home for the next 14 days. You see three beds lie equally spaced around the outer wall, extending inward to the center. And there are six doors, four labeled one, two, three, and four, and two smaller ones to each side of the double doors that you came through. You see two others already in the room wearing similar white scrubs and slip-on shoes with EEG caps already on. And she says, And here are your new roommates for that time, Miss Perkins Gilman and Miss Holmes. And Fiona and Chelsea, what does Emily and Jocelyn look like? Emily, uh, she has um, long, blonde, curly hair uh, with the cap on. It's probably like 
all the way down now. Um, she's probably like average height. Uh, like Claudio, she also has uh, blue eyes and she kind of uh, waves at him and goes, uh, hi, new roomie. Well, hello. It is absolute pleasure to meet you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, too. And Jocelyn? Joss rolls her eyes as she watches this happen. Um, Jocelyn is a smaller woman. Uh, she probably doesn't look like she's taller than 5'3". And she's got uh, long auburn hair that's pulled back in a bun. Um, she kind of is tapping her finger on her face and looks very unamused at everything that's happening. Uh, do you say anything in response to Dr. Ward's introduction? or? Nope, she stays quiet. Okay. So after Emily and Claudio's pleasantries, Dr. Ward pulls out a tarnished brass pocket watch and glances at it before putting it back in her pocket. And she says, well, let's take the tour, shall we? Um, as you can see, here is your central space, a bed for each of you. They are comfortable, but nothing to write home about. Granted, you will use it less and less as we increase your dosage throughout the test, I expect. You'll be required to wear your EEG caps when you're sleeping, but it's not a requirement outside of that. She then gestures to the cabinets to either side. These cabinets will be stocked with bottled water and your meals each day from the other side. Nutrient shakes, they actually don't taste half bad, if I do say so myself. They'll be labeled with your names. There won't be any scheduled meal time, so eat when you're hungry, but we will cap your daily calorie intake at your recommended level. She gestures to the four numbered doors, kind of stepping up to number two. And she opens it and shows you inside. And you see inside this particular door is an exercise bike. And you can see beyond that is what looks like a one-way mirror. It's a framed window, but it's just a reflective surface in the inside. In these doors are the tests designed to gauge the effects of the sleep deprivation on your body and minds. That screen over there, she gestures to a large LCD screen above the double doors you all entered, will prompt you at irregular intervals to complete specified tests. The screen will let you know which door to go to, and the instructions in that test room will tell you what you'll need to do. She gestures to the two smaller doors on either side of the main double door, and she goes, These are both washrooms. You'll find a toilet and a sink in there, and the cabinets in there will be stocked each day from the other side with hygiene supplies and fresh clothes for each of you every day. And then she says, Lastly, gesturing at a pack of cards in a holder on the wall next to the door she says we want you to document your dreams and potential hallucinations if you see or experience something out of the ordinary we want you to describe it on one of these cards and put it through the slot on the door she says gesturing to the mail slot in the double doors claudio at this point you catch the faintest whiff of sulfur for a second what is what is that smell it smells like like burning egg Dr. Ward looks at you curiously, and she sniffs for a moment. I don't smell anything. And interestingly, Emily, when he says that, you do think you smell something, but it doesn't smell like rotten eggs or sulfur or anything like that. It smells like wood smoke, faintly, and then it dissipates as soon as you notice it. Okay. She's going to probably keep that to herself. <laughs> Already breaking the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ward will say, Anyway, so that's it. When I leave this room, the test will begin. Do you have any questions for me? Uh, I think I'm good. She looks to the other two. Uh, Josh shakes her head no. Uh, I believe everything was uh, clearly outlined. All right, then. Um, lastly, I'll let you know that um, it will take time to adjust, but that's part of the test. These lights, she gestures above to the oppressive white 
fluorescent lights Gross. will remain on <laughs> at this constant brightness the whole time. You won't have any watch or phone or set schedule to gauge time on. It will throw off your circadian rhythm, but that's by design. And lastly, and most importantly, Emily, it's back earlier this same day and you're sitting across from Dr. Ward in your interview before the test. Mm -hmm. She looks down at her clipboard and she says, so do you live with anyone currently? Um, no, I, I'm living by myself right now. Um, I was a couple months ago living with my roommate, but uh, she ended up moving out. I see. All right. All right. Um, on a scale of zero to 10, how stressed would you say you are most days on average? Stress? Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I guess I would say probably between like a seven and an eight. Um, I with grad school and everything, you know, it's, it can get up there sometimes, but I think I manage it. She nods and goes, yes, I, I remember those days myself. Uh, I understand. <laughs> and she says, um, what's your relationship with your family like? Oh, it's good. Um, I'm an only child. Um, my parents, uh, I have a good relationship with them. I, my mom calls maybe like once a week, once every other week. Good, good. Later, back that day. Not that long since Dr. Ward left, and the three of you are left sitting in the center of this circular test chamber with yourselves and your beds and not much else. So I think that Emily's going to kind of like uh, tossle her hair a little bit and be like, I'm glad we don't have to wear those things all the time. You know, it makes me feel like I'm on an alien ship or something. Yeah, no kidding. Yes, they are very, very sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you guys, like, live in the area? Um, well, I live somewhat close. Uh, I had to relocate a few months ago. Uh, I have to tell you, this is fairly nice compared to where I've been staying lately. Oh, really? Uh, where have you been staying? Oh, you know those uh, bachelor hotels over at, on Edge of City? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yes, they are not nearly as bright as this room and the bed is nowhere near as soft oh gosh <laughs> also they don't provide you towels or meals daily so this is this is step up <laughs> yeah even though it's like a study i i guess it feels like a little bit of a vacation you don't have to like think about work or anything for you know two weeks so why do why do you all uh, decide to sign up for these uh sleep tests Probably the same reason you did. Oh, uh, so quick money. Exactly. Well, two weeks, not not so quick. <laughs> uh, I, I study psychology. I thought that this study would be interesting. I don't know. Um, Dr. Ward's really respected. I thought it'd be interesting to see what she comes up with. And, you know, you get paid for it, too. It's not a bad gig. Yes, from interaction, she seems very, very interested in field of study. So I expect this will be... A very thorough testing uh, time. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. She's really brilliant. As you guys have this conversation, and you, it may already be the effects of just the oppressive fluorescent lights above your head, but you guys all kind of feel this pressure on your temple almost. It's not a pain, but it, it feels kind of like the very beginnings of like a, of a headache coming on, uh, like a little bit of a fog. So after you guys chat for a little bit, you get settled in and take in your environments. There is a soft dinging 
that happens. And you look up to the LCD screen above the door and you see that it says baseline test, Claudio room one, Jocelyn room three, Emily room four. Well, yeah, I guess get up and go. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's time for our first task, guys. <laughs> I'll see you all on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you guys head to your assigned rooms. Claudio, you walk into the first room and you see that like the room that Dr. Ward showed you before, it's small maybe only about six feet by six feet. It does have the window with the one-way mirror on it, but instead of an exercise bike, there is a desk and a chair and what looks like a touchscreen monitor set in front of it. And uh, the words across the screen simply say, touchscreen when dot appears. I walk in and as I'm walking up to it, uh, I take note of the mirror. Oh, the the screen outside said baseline, but there is no bass guitar in here. <laughs> I make joke. Uh, let me sit down. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, so you sit down, uh, and then the prompt on the screen says touch to start. Boop, boop. And a dot appears. Boop. You touch it, and it immediately under the dot says 205 milliseconds. And then the dot disappears. And another dot appears. Boop. 215 milliseconds. And uh, we will go to room three where Jocelyn is. You walk in, you see basically the same dimension sized room, six feet by six feet, basically, with a one-way mirror on the opposite side from the door. And there's a similar desk and chair sitting here with a large monitor. But in front of this is a steering wheel. And you can see that there are pedals on the ground. Oh, great. And it looks like it's a driving simulator. Wonderful. Oh, no, I'm so bad at vehicle sections. <laughs> <laughs> so Jocelyn walks in and she takes a seat and she reads the thing. Yep. It, it basically just says complete the course. Okay. And she touches the screen and she starts uh, rolling in her not vehicle. Yeah. The graphics are not great. It's pretty low poly. It's, it's a little bit better than PS1 graphics. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, and you see this little simulated course that has turns and little cones and obstacles and other little things like little polygon trees and stuff in the background. And it generates a score when you go through the course. Yeah, I, I drive like a normal person. Yeah, and you do okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Emily, in room four, uh, you see that same configuration of room. In the middle of this room is a table and chairs. Uh, but you see that there is a screen on the wall above the window and on the table is a bunch of blocks. Okay. And then there's a button on the table. And as you look at the blocks, it looks like each side of the block is a different portion of a different photograph. Okay. And when you sit down, you see on the screen above, it says ocean touch button to start. Yeah, she touches the button. Yep, and when you touch the button, a timer starts. Uh, she flips the blocks to make a picture of an ocean. Yep, you flip the blocks, and it, it's a puzzle as well. So you have to configure the blocks to the right size and then arrange right. them to, to put together the photo. And it is a full moon over the ocean at night with a little bit of the beach visible in the corner of the image. And the screen says touch button when done. Beep. Yep, you do it. It takes you probably about eight minutes. Okay, yeah. She does it. Yep. 
Claudio, in your room, after you do the dot test, it goes to mm-hmm. a different game that says sort shapes as they appear as quickly as possible. And you see on the screen four bins, like, you know, little graphic bins, and then things appear. And it starts off with just colors. There's like a red bin, a blue bin, a green bin, and a yellow bin. And you do that a couple times, and it's giving you the millisecond countdown on how quickly you can sort. But as you're doing it, something weird happens. Oh? You're not sure when it happens, but it stops being colors and starts being card suits. Hmm, this is very interesting. Uh, does the Do the buckets change as well to match suits? Card suits, yeah. Oh, this is... Task switching exercise. Oh, very interesting. And while you're doing that, you swear you hear the sound of a casino. Hmm. Uh, I start keeping track of the numbers that get sorted into each bin to see if I uh, hit hit 21. And uh, when I do, I just kind of whisper to myself, blackjack, and just keep going. Unfortunately, the the test stops um, before before you get that far. But it says test complete. That was very unsettling at end, but it must be imagination running wild. So just <laughs> make a game. I slide in my chair and yep. exit out when it's done. Jocelyn, you finish your driving simulation. And when you stand up, you swear you hear the sound of scratching of like pen and paper coming from the other side of the window. Okay. So so Jocelyn makes a note of that sound and she kind of like glares into the, the mirror. Yeah, when you do, you swear you see, like, almost as if it's not quite dark enough on the other side, and you swear you see the the kind of faint outline of someone, but it looks like Lucinda. Well, I don't like that. (laughs) It looks Um, like your sister. I know. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. It's too early for that. (laughs) Mm, Is it, though? <laughs> um, so Joss is gonna get up and, and go closer to the window to see if that allows her to see through the, the mirror. When you get closer to the window, your reflection gets bigger, obviously. Right. And the lighting shifts and now you can't see anything. Well shit. Uh she's going to give the window another glare and then go and return and, and sit down to her, her task table. Mm-hmm. What would you say your relationship with your family is like, Jocelyn? You're sitting across from Dr. Ward, before the test even started. My relationship with my family is fine. Um, right. Um, you don't have to get defensive about it. It's merely I'm not getting defensive. Quit. Understood? She makes a note. <laughs> <laughs> she said getting defensive. <laughs> um, have you ever been to any sort of um, counseling or psychotherapy? I don't need any canceling. Everything is fine. Um, <laughs> she <laughs> she nods and makes another note. Um, under, understood. I'm getting the sense she doesn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> She's just writing in her notebook. Like, you know, it's fine. I'm sure it's, it's fine. fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she's just writing down how professional I look. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, uh, in, uh, you're in med school, correct? Um, can you tell me... Uh, uh, what interested you in that field? I come from a long line of doctors in my family. Oh, I see. Well, I'm sure your parents are very proud then. Yes, my father is. Mm, not your mother? I haven't seen my mother since I was a child. Oh, I am sorry to hear that. 
Don't be. I'm not. She scribbles into her clipboard once again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like all these notes. No one else had any notes taken. <laughs> <laughs> it's sometime later. Your sense of time is already getting thrown off. Could be two days in, three days in. You've been asked to do tests periodically. You know that happens several times a day, but it's at weird intervals. It's designed so you can't tell the time by it. And your sleep has been getting shorter. You've now slept probably about twice now, um, and each sleep has gotten a little bit shorter. Most of you only sleeping for maybe three hours or so the last time. Claudio, probably even less. Emily, when you're waking from this most recent sleep, you're stirring awake, but your your eyes aren't open yet. And you feel a large weight jump up onto the bed with you and nestle up next to you. You feel your whole body creak by the weight of it, and you feel a wet nose on your hand. Uh, she, like, her eyes, like, pop open. There's nothing there. Um, she kind of, like, looks at her hands and uh, sits up and you know, stretches a little bit and looks at the other two. Are the other two awake yet? It stands to reason that you're not even on the same sleep schedule with each other. Oh, uh, okay. But what what would Jocelyn and Claudio be doing at this point? Probably like laying in bed and just like staring up at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> not much else to do. Eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Claudio would likely be doing the same thing. Uh, he's not going through as many withdrawals as he normally would because he kind of cut down everything when he decided he wanted to sign up for this. So he got most of that out of his system before he showed up. Mm -hmm. But I won't say he isn't jonesing for a, a little <laughs> added spice in his life. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the like nutrient that. shakes are not scratching that itch. Right. So, so yeah, Emily sort of like shakes her hand and uh, it's like, whew, like... Uh, good morning. <laughs> Anyone else have sort of weird dreams? Um, nothing weirder than I normally have. Uh, that is to say, uh, probably. I don't, I don't know how other people compare dreams. Uh, not many people where I interact talk about dreams. Oh, that's interesting. How about you, Jocelyn? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she just like chuckles at that and she goes over to the because uh, we're supposed to like record like the weird stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, she just goes over and says like sort of in like the time between, you know, like wakefulness and sleep, she like imagined like a dog or something like felt like there was like a dog in bed with her. Okay. She does what she's supposed to. Yep, you write down and <laughs> she you... She follows the rules. <laughs> Look at this nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take um, the study seriously. Yeah. Psych student. And, <laughs> and then she grabs like a uh, like a strawberry fucking nutrient Pedialyte and yeah. <laughs> with the others. Yeah, Dr. Ward was right. They do taste pretty good. You might get sick of them after 14 days, though. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you pop that card through the slot and uh, take a seat and some time passes and then something happens you weren't expecting. The double doors to the test area open and a doctor enters 
you've not seen him before. He's not much older than you all are. He's probably late 20s or early 30s. He's wearing a white lab coat over a shirt and burgundy vest, and he has neatly creased slacks and brown shoes. His hair is neatly parted, and he has round spectacles on his face with a bristly mustache that doesn't quite suit his boyish features. And he goes, oh, already awake. Uh, Hi, I'm here to uh, administer the next portion of the study. I have some questions. Great. What um, happened to other doctors? Does, are they still uh, working on the test as well? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, there's there's a team of us. Okay, she was nice. Tell her to give my regards. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> uh, and he says, um, so, um, first things first, uh, when did you start experiencing hallucinations? N- not just seeing things either, any sort. Optical, auditory, somatosensory. Is, is he asking this to everyone? Yeah. Uh, well, uh... I don't know if it was hallucination, but in first arriving, there was a point where I smelled something that was like sulfur, like rotten egg. Not sure if perhaps I had indigestion and did not realize, but it went away uh, almost as quickly as smelled. Interesting. So not sure if hallucination or a case of uh, smelt it, dealt it, as it were. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, you are in a sealed testing chamber. Um, he looks to the others. I haven't seen anything. I I don't know if it was like a true hallucination or or just like a dream, really. I guess like in like the second or two before I woke up. I don't know. It like felt like this probably sounds weird. It felt like there was like a dog in bed with me like I could feel its nose and stuff but as soon as I opened my eyes it was I was done so I think I might have just been dreaming uh he nods and he says right right and um do you have any sort of um religious beliefs or spiritual affiliations or that sort of thing um I was like raised Catholic uh I wouldn't say I'm like super religious now I guess that agnostic would be like the closest thing Right, right. That's fascinating. It's weird because his response doesn't seem to match what you said. There's a reason we humans have evolved to be repulsed by things that fall in the uncanny valley. Things that are very much like us, but not quite. You see, then the screen dings above in that moment and gives test assignments. And he looks at it and furrows his brow and he goes, Oh, is it that time? And he pulls out a shiny new brass pocket watch and checks it. Well, I'll leave you to your tests and I'll return later. Uh, and he turns and leaves. And the screen says, Claudio, room two. Emily, room three. Jocelyn, room four. All right, into those test rooms. They shuffle off. I report to test room two. All righty. Test Two is one that wasn't done last time. It is the one with the exercise bike in it. And you see a screen above and it just says five miles. Well, let's get on and go for these five miles. Yep. Uh, When you start pedaling on the bike, a timer starts. Emily, you are doing the driving test. Uh, You see the same thing that Jocelyn saw, the screen with the driving wheel and pedals uh, and this PS2 like low polygon you know, graphic right. uh, driving simulation. She drives the car. Yeah. 
yeah, you see the same thing. There's, you know, little polygon traffic cones and little polygon pedestrians and, uh, uh, little polygon trees and fences and stuff. And you just follow the road and avoid the obstacles and all that stuff. So Jocelyn, uh, you are in the puzzle room and you see the same thing where it is, um, 25 blocks with fragments of photos on each side. And when you go in there, you see the screen says garden press button to start. I push the button and I start making the garden puzzle. Yeah. You press the button. The timer starts and you orient the blocks and piece together the photograph of a garden. And it looks remarkably familiar. This photograph, you know, you see the tall hedges and uh, topiaries and expertly pruned bushes and trees. Uh, is there another window in this room? There is. I look at it. <laughs> sure. You look up and glower at the window. And when you glance back down, you're surprised to see movement. Uh, Joss jumps up to her feet. Yeah. You see in the photograph as if it were a video, a little girl with pigtails running through the hedges. And you notice there is a shadowy figure approaching her from behind. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of stand there, watch Frozen, and it closes its distance. And as she crouches down to pick some flowers, it reaches out and grabs her shoulder. And in that moment, something grabs your shoulder. I turn and swing at the person. <laughs> there's nothing there. I swing at the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, so when I after after I swing, um, I I look around the room and I I march over to the. Uh, to the window and I start yelling, is this some kind of joke? Emily and Claudio, you hear this coming from Jocelyn's room. Uh, Jocelyn, there's no response. I start pounding on the window. <laughs> yeah, Emily sort of jumps and looks in the direction of the room, <laughs> but keeps also trying to drive. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I look over and say, oh, I wonder if they changed up test without knowledge uh, and keep on speeding along trying to go as quickly as i can to get the five miles out of the way yeah uh and and you do you you get it it, it takes you about 15 minutes was a good workout i should take up biking again <laughs> jocelyn there's no response when there's no response i storm out of the room and like go face plant in my bed <laughs> 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 emily you finished your your test and Claudio, you finish yours. Yeah, she goes out and uh, looks at um, Jocelyn, like, face planted. And it's like, um, was everything, like, okay in there? Everything was fine. Okay, it yeah. didn't seem fine. Uh, do you want one of the nutrition things or anything? No. Okay. Uh, Claudio, how was yours? Well, it was bike ride. It went fine. Uh, feeling... Fairly sweaty now. I think I might go get a shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how long did they make you a bike for? Like, what, what was the distance? It was, it was for five miles. Not not terrible. Not uh, not used to it. It's been a long time since I went uh, biking regularly. But it felt kind of good to get back into uh, a nice little ride like that. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Uh, are you... Are you sure you're okay, Joss? There wasn't anything happened because it it seemed rather loud. I'm fine. Nothing happened. 
stop asking. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm going to go shower now. You go, um, there is no shower, but there is everything you need to wash up at the sink. Ah, uh, yes. Shower like at hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so the test continues. You do these tests a couple more times. More time passes. You're not sure how much um, you guys sleep once, maybe twice more. Again, you're not sure how many days have passed. You're not sure if you're on a regular 24-hour sleep schedule or if it's already beginning to skew. It's very, very disorienting. And the other thing is your fatigue has been increasing. The substance that they've been giving you to keep you awake has been taking effect. Your sleeps have been shorter to the point where when you're laying down, you're only getting an hour, sometimes less. Uh, Nicholas, would I, would my... Uh... A very thorough history with illicit substances give me any sort of insight as to what could potentially be in this compound? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and make a challenge roll. Uh, you have advantage because there are no stakes to failing. <laughs> All right. And I also have drugs as a specialty. Yes. So you can add your plus one. I think I'm going to choose to roll two dice for this because not that it's going to really do anything to change the situation, but it would be interesting to know. Yeah. Oi, noi. Well, I got a, I got an eight, so that would make that, uh, if I have advantage, I believe, I believe that makes the uh, partial a complete success, but the other die was a one. Okay. Yeah. So what that means is, like, you, you think you might know, but man, your memory is just shot. You're like, okay, yeah, no, I totally know what this is, but then it's like the, the name of it is on the tip of your tongue and you can't remember. I definitely know can know it's a strong stimulant, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, and, and you get the impression that it's probably not anything up wholesale. It's it's a it's a cocktail um, that was created specifically for this. All right. And so with that one, if I roll a one on any of the dice, you gain one stress per die rolled. Now, is that per one rolled or that's per one rolled? All right. My stress is up to five. And it's actually going to go up higher because your stress has been slowly building. What I was in the process of narrating was um, your stress, all of your stress has been slowly building over the course of this test. So with that, um, Claudio, you're going to actually be at an eight um, and everyone else is going to be at six. Oofa doofa. Yeah. Like I said, your sleeps have been getting shorter and shorter. You've definitely been feeling the strain of the sleeplessness to the point where it's starting to feel like the the walls are beginning to crawl a little bit in your peripheral vision. Your eyes ache a little bit, especially under the oppressive white fluorescent lights. And your sleeps are getting shorter to the point where they're almost being non-existent. Claudio, you did manage to get a little bit of sleep. You're not sure how much, but you feel like it's not a lot. And as you're laying face down in the bed, you hear a... This is... This is falsehood. I'm not allowed to bring in cell phone. I think Claudio's just gonna hop out of bed and just... Okay, just need to keep keep to reality, Claudio. Uh, you, you didn't bring a phone. This is starting to feel like when you took mushrooms for about three years ago. <laughs> just need to do something that's grounded in reality. Go grab note card from Rack and write down cell phone buzzing after 
most recent sleep. And then I slide it into the thing and then just kind of uh, go sit on the floor at the end of the bed. Okay. Emily and Jocelyn, are you guys doing anything in particular to pass the time? I know there's not a lot to do right now. Um, uh, Emily probably with like uh, big dark circles under her eyes at this point, looking a little bit worse for wire, uh, still sort of like smiles at him and is like, any interesting dreams? Uh, no, no, no dreams. Still not, still not really remembering dreams, but truth be told, I've taken a lot of drugs in life. And (laughs) so if I do dream, it is wild, but most times I don't remember them. But I, I had feeling of a cell phone vibrating in bed and I know we don't have cell phone access. So documented it and I'm just sitting down on ground, feeling cold of ground underneath hands, trying to help keep me grounded. Uh, learned that after... Uh, experimenting with psychedelics a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good thing. I mean, I know that I sometimes, um, even outside of the study, like shake when I hear someone's like, you know, cell phone alarm go off. That's the same as mine because I'm worried that I'm been dreaming through a class or something like that. So yeah, I get that. <laughs> Grounding is good. Grounding's a good exercise. Yes, agreed. Uh, how about both of you? Uh, Joss, I'm I'm sure you're fine. You're always fine when we ask. But any change? Nope. Cool, cool. Uh, how about you, Emily? No, I mean they hardly even give us time to dream anymore. So, gosh, we must be we must be like what? I don't know, like a couple days into this, right? Something like that. Maybe we're not supposed to guess. I don't know, but they do great job at keeping us off balance. Yeah, they do. I remember a study that I read like this a while back, maybe last year or something like that. Um, They did something similar with people, but it was like more similar to like a cave setup. And what they found was that people pretty naturally uh, fell into closer to like a 30 hour cycle instead of a 24 hour cycle. They weren't like specifically keeping them up, but they just threw off their circadian rhythm just to see what happened. So it was interesting. Yeah. Wow. The dinging from the screen goes off again, and you are given your next test assignments. Emily, room one. Jocelyn, room two. Claudio, room three. Uh, into the test rooms, though. Yep. Yeah. Emily, you get into room one, and it's the reaction time test on the touchscreen computer. It says, touchscreen when circle appears. And a circle appears. Beep. 250 milliseconds. Jocelyn, you get into room two, and the bike is there, and on the screen it says eight miles. God fucking damn it, I hate this one. (laughs) She adjusts the seat so it's down low enough for her to get on and (laughs) starts doing the biking, and it looks very unhappy to be doing so. (laughs) Yeah, it has the pulse reader in the handlebars, so when you have your hands on it, it reads your pulse. Good. And it just almost immediately spikes. Yeah. hate this fucking thing god fucking damn it (laughs) claudio you're in the driving simulator and you sit down and you've done this a couple times now the low poly driving simulation but this one's a little bit different it is a simulation of like a nighttime scenario on the screen the sky is dark and everything has like a navy blue kind of tinge to it oh this is this is good i'm not good driver in day night is going to be fun can't wait to hit something (laughs) (laughs) 
you sit down and you put your hands on the steering wheel and the light above you goes out, which is okay. jarring because the lights haven't gone out since you started. But it makes you think that this is part of the nighttime driving simulation. Oh, don't like that. This is this is fine. Uh, <laughs> can't wait uh, to be blinded by bright screen because... <laughs> Yeah, right. At least it's a night scenario on the screen, so it's not just blinding white. <laughs> it is night so, scenario on screen until other car pass by with bright, <laughs> with bright headlights. Um, but yeah, so you, you start the driving simulation, and it's like a low polygon mountain road type deal. Oh, cool mountains. Even better. Uh-huh. Emily, a circle appears. Uh, beep. Uh, 298 milliseconds. Jocelyn, annoyingly, this time the resistance seems slightly higher than it was before. Ugh, God damn it! I hate this fucking thing. <laughs> uh, Claudio, uh, you are doing the driving simulation, and you hear. Don't text and drive. Keep eyes on road. Hands ten and two. You look down on the passenger seat next to you, and you see a selfie of yourself and Aubrey that you took at Niagara Falls last year, fill the screen, the image you have set for Aubrey's contact and your heart drops. It's one in the morning and you're driving home from the airport after Tom's bachelor party. You tried calling her when you landed, but it went to voicemail. It was a relief at the time. She didn't answer because if you're honest with yourself, you've been dreading this conversation. I pull over to side of road because I am responsible driver enough to know that I can't talk and drive at night. <laughs> and hello, honey. Hey, babe. How was your flight? Uh, the flight was good. Listen, uh, did you have a good time? I hope it didn't set the bar too high for Austin when he throws your bachelor party. Uh, I, I think it will be fine, but, uh, Oh, 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 quick wedding planning update before I forget. Um, I got a quote from the florist today. You know, Jessica told me not to tell them it was for a wedding because they'll charge more for the same exact arrangements. I should have listened, but now we know. Anyway, it's going to be a little bit more than we budgeted, but I figured we have a little extra in the house fund, so maybe we can cover it with that. Um, yeah, uh, about that. Um, things got a little intense at the casinos. In intense? Uh, Did you guys go to a strip club? No, no. Uh, I, I told you I would be fine with that if that's what you did. I, I, I know. I know we have... I trust you. I, I know we have special relationship, and I, I, I tried coming before, but I, I got a little out of hand with money at Casino. Oh. Uh, well, I can't... It, it couldn't have been that bad, right? See, the way casinos work is with bright lights and such things going on and complimentary drinks, they, they, they trick you into uh, spending a little more than you bargained for. And, uh, well, you, you know me. When, when things really get going, I uh, kind of lose track of myself. And uh, there is no easy way to say uh, I spent... The budget of house. You, you, what? I the whole thing. I, I was doing good. I was up and wanted to surprise you with, you know, being able to outright buy house. It was it was looking really good, but things just 
I I can't remember stretch, but after after coming to, I look at chips in front of me just gone, and I, I look at balance, had the bank information up on phone app, and it maybe I'm I'm sorry, I don't know. I I cannot, but you you know what? And the call ends. Well, I can't say that that wasn't where I saw that going. Um, You see movement in your rearview mirror. Is it accompanied with blue light? No. It's a silhouette. A figure. Someone walking down the road, maybe. No, 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 no. It doesn't look like that. Too tall. Their arms too long. Almost dragging on the ground. And you see menacing purple eyes no 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 starting start car get start drive now drive car drive yeah you you pull out you go you floor it looking in the rearview mirror you see it going smaller and smaller and then your tension snaps back to the road in front of you and there's a bicycle in front of you i need to roll a challenge i need jocelyn to roll a challenge oh no <laughs> i don't like this <laughs> this is well, fine I this don't think okay. any of my skills apply, so let's get that rolled. We're going to be fine, guys. I'm just I am yeah, fine dice. <laughs> um, so what decides how many dice I roll? You. Um, okay. There is more risk involved with rolling more dice. Right. Uh, Nicholas, I got a critical success. Okay. I rolled two <laughs> tens and a three. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to roll two... And I got a 10 and a 7. Okay. Uh, you succeed as well. So um, So nobody dies. Nobody dies. Hopefully. Uh, there is still a collision. <laughs> yeah. You slam on the brakes and you feel a <laughs> impact and you jerk forward against the seatbelt and you're back in the test chamber. The light flickers on above your head. The table in front of you pushed forward and the monitor actually falls flat on its face. Jocelyn, you're biking along and all of a sudden you turn to the left and see headlights. You get knocked off the bike and the bike topples over sideways, but you're fine. I'm not fine. I'm deeply disgruntled. I mean, that's you're physically fine. <laughs> and and Emily, you hear both Jocelyn and Claudio shout and a like soft clatter and crash coming from the other rooms. It was right after you had touched the screen. And as you look up to see what happened, you look back at the screen and it says 86,401,324 milliseconds. That's a couple milliseconds. What? Uh, she she sort of like looks at the screen like disoriented for a second and then actually will run out of the room to check on the other two. Claudio and Jocelyn, what are you doing? Claudio is probably still sitting in chair, hands on head, cr- uh, crying. <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> Claudio. Jocelyn is probably just like glaring at the bike and looking at the wall and looking at the window, trying to figure out what the fuck. She probably goes to Jocelyn's room first because that's the closest one. And she probably sees her on the floor and is like, oh my god, are you okay? This fucking shit isn't dangerous. Oh my fucking god. She gets up and is like very emphatically gesturing at like the entire room. 
Emily will get the bike back up. Like, God, I don't know. Maybe they should have like thumpers or something for this. Are Are you okay? I'm fine. Okay, I'm. I'm but their go shit's check. busted or something. This stuff shouldn't fall over by itself. Yeah, really shouldn't. Um, I'm gonna go check on Claudio. I, uh, did you hear that too? Like, oh my gosh, is that why I didn't fell hear over? anything over me collapsing onto the ground? Uh, I I don't know. She pushes the bike up, like tr- tries to push it up like more against a wall, so it would like theoretically be more stable in the future. Um, <laughs> and then like goes to uh, Claudio's room. Uh, so you walk in and see Claudio just head in hands. Uh, the desk with the monitor moved back. The monitor's fallen over, just openly weeping. Uh, she goes in and, and like puts a hand on his shoulder and like kneels down next to him, like, "Hey, like, what happened? Like, are you okay?" It's I I don't know what I don't know what is going on in this place. It is this this test. This place is is cursed. Is is strange. It I don't. I don't understand what's going on. It, I, I had memory while taking driving test of probably worst day. The reason why staying at hotels on outskirts of town, and then when I, when I snap back into focus of test, I see some sort of bicycle cross path I slam on brakes but in in this poor graphic game I still end up hitting I I don't this this is bringing up too many bad memories yeah you pro- you probably fell asleep for a second there we're all we're all really tired I, I I don't know. I I assume that they think that the tests are over by now. Uh, just I don't know. Sit on the couch and relax for a while. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm sorry. Like that's really terrible. I think Claudio just kind of gets up, accidentally knocks the chair over doing so. <laughs> and normally Claudio's been really good about like pushing in the chairs and everything, but he just kind of leaves the room as is. Yeah, Emily will uh, let him go and set the chair and monitor and stuff like back up before leaving the room herself. The monitor is cracked. Uh, she she gives a cringe face and just leaves it. <laughs> She's like, I didn't do that. Like, you guys all saw that was not me. <laughs> While they're having that conversation, Jocelyn, you're collecting yourself and you go to leave that test chamber and you see... Lucinda sitting on your bed. Uh, I rub my eyes. <laughs> she kind of looks at you and crosses her arms. Uh, I, Joss, Joss approaches the bed uh, and is kind of like in hushed tones now, uh, looking over her shoulder uh, back to where the other rooms are and not seeing everybody else uh, coming out of them. She walks over and she's like, what are you doing here? Uh, she looks up at you and smiles. A weird, unnatural smile. And you blink and she's gone. Uh... Jo- Jocelyn takes a sit back and looks around and like glares into all of the cameras and once again yells, Are- do you think this is funny? Claudio and Emily, you were leaving that test chamber in time to see Jocelyn do that. Yeah, Emily sort of rubs at her eyes and is just like, 
I, th- I think we're all just really tired, guys. I don't even know how long we've been awake for at this point. We're going to start seeing things. That's a natural part of the process. It's just It doesn't matter how long we've been awake. They're all trying to fuck with us. They think this is funny. I think so there's these things called micronaps. When you stay up for this long, you start you start falling asleep in blinks. Dreams start spilling over into reality. It doesn't. Yes, I understand the biology. It, it doesn't mean you're not seeing it, but no, the, it just, I'm not I, seeing they anything. Don't, they don't have control over our dreams or anything like that. That's all I'm saying. They do no, not, but they sure did but, knock me off that bike in there for fun. There was. I don't. I I just don't think that something like that would have been approved by the IRB. I it's I I don't know. May, I, maybe the bike is unstable or something, but I I don't think that they would have done that on purpose. I just I don't know. I I think we're all tired, guys. I don't know how we will honestly fall asleep. I've been trying to figure out the the different uh, substances they use. I have not necessarily pharmaceutical experience, but pharmaceutical experience <laughs> with uh, many types of substances like these. And it is a very odd concoction of uh, uppers or stimulants in professional setting. And these ones, I I can't remember names of them, but just from their designs and release times, they're they're set to force the body to keep brain cognition at a level that it, the way they've been giving us doses, there's only small window where actual sleep is able to be accomplished. Right, but... Even with, like, the drug cocktails and stuff, even when you're getting a lot of sleep, even when you're taking, you know, something prescribed by your doctor, sometimes things like hallucinations or, you know, vertigo, stuff like that, that that can be a side effect. That can happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't disagree there, but I was more uh, noting your suggestion of counternaps. These are... I've taken some strong stimulants, and these are... These are very strong simulants. There, I I mean, Doctor Ward really is like the best of the best here. I, this the study's probably so small so that they can control a lot of factors, make sure we're all we're all still healthy, and you know keep us up to see to see when hallucinations and things like this happen, even when we're taking things like stimulants. It's all it's all you know important research. The door opens again, and you see that young doctor return. He goes, is, is everything all right? No, the fuck it isn't. And Joss very smallly and very in- impatiently marches up to him. <laughs> uh, he looks past you and says, sorry, I'm late. And suddenly all three of you are in a different place. Great. The room is changed. You're still there standing where you were, and he's still standing where he was, but it's like the room has changed around you. It's a room, actually, uh, Claudio, you vaguely recognize, as if from a dream you had not long ago. It is a wood-paneled office. Shelves and books cover the walls. A cluttered desk sits to one side. There's a birdcage full of canaries. You see strewn books and papers all about. There's a wireframe model of a cube sitting on the desk. 
with rods extending inward from the four corners to hold a smaller wireframe cube suspended within the first. There's a framed picture of this doctor with a young girl, his daughter presumably, but maybe six or seven years old. He says, speaking to the middle distance of the room as if talking to somebody who isn't there. First things first, they aren't what you think they are. First theorized by Gunnar Nordstrom and further expanded upon by the Kaluza-Klein theory, there may be other dimensions of the universe outside of the ones we know, the three spatial and one temporal. And the human mind is a fascinatingly complex thing that developed by a fluke in all likelihood the means to see these dimensions and the beings that dwell there, but it couldn't comprehend it. Our minds bend over backwards to explain the unexplainable, obfuscating it by memories and dreams. We dismiss them as hallucinations, but they are more than that. So, over time, early humans evolved to block it out. And those defenses depend on sleep, you see. When we go without sleep, we can observe these other dimensions. Not just see them, but touch them, manipulate them. But it seems that this channel of observation goes both ways. And when we can observe them, they can observe us. This is what my test is postulating to discover with your funding. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Where are my manners? I'm Dr. Lawrence Ward, and I look forward to working with you. And he reaches out his hand to nobody in particular and shakes the air before turning on his heel and the room shakes and the lights go dark. It's the first day of the test. You've just been given a tour by Dr. Amy Ward. Lastly, I'll let you know that um, it will take time to adjust, but that's part of the test. These lights will remain on at this constant brightness the whole time. You won't have any watch or phone or set schedule to gauge time on. It will throw off your circadian rhythm, but that's by design. And lastly, and most importantly, you have each been selected for your unique expertise, and you know this mission is important to me and to all of our research. My father's research made this possible, and we need his mind back to finish it. Your minds will get clouded, memories may be altered, and the three of you will be completely isolated from anyone else for the entire 14 days of this operation. If nothing else, try to remember this. She holds out a lockbox and hands it to Claudio. Its contents should keep you on the right track and get him back from those things. Greetings, listeners. It is I, your esteemed game master for this frightful tale, Nick Yorosiva. Thanks for listening to this final episode of Fables Around the Table Firelight. We are playing the TTRPG Strain by Atramentis Games. Strain is described as a hardcore survival horror system, and I highly recommend checking it out. It's a simple system, but we're playing around with a little bit of the uh, stress and doom mechanics for the purposes of our one-shot. You can get Strain, as well as the simpler version we're using, Strain Basic, on DriveThru RPG. Fiona L.F. Kelly plays Emily. In addition to being 3 for 3 on Fable Seasons, she is also on our D&D Spelljammer actual play, Tales of the Voidfare, as the lovably surly Githyanki pirate Ravness. You can also check out her other podcast, Big Streaming Pile, where she and Tom Goldthwaite discuss the best bad movies currently streaming on Netflix, Disney+, Hulu, and other streaming services. They have watched B-Movie now, twice, so you don't have to at all. 
Fiona also writes on the internet. Check her out on projecturail.com as well as other cool sites like the Mary Sue and geekgals.co. Follow her on social media at Fiona L.F. Kelly. Chelsea Rexinger, who plays Jocelyn, was Game Master slash Mall Rat of her last season, Tainted Love, and played Gale on the first season, Curse. She also can be found making candles for Plot Kindling Candles. Plot Kindling Candles are tabletop gaming-inspired candles, perfect for checking off that elusive smell portion of your immersive tabletop experience. Their new candle this month, if you can spot her, is Verna the Rogue. Verna's scent notes are leather and roses. And as always, come decorated with a dye and dried flowers. Chelsea also does all of the fantastic artwork for this and all the other seasons of Fables, which is pretty dang cool if you ask me. Follow her on Twitter at CLRex4. Our boy Claudio is played by Chuck Cliff B. Wilfong Jr. Cliff is one half of the rap group 2D6 with Saker, Voidfarer's Luck B. Cumbolt, as well as a solo artist as the Comic Sads. Cliff is also the DM of the upcoming D&D 5e actual play podcast Taverns, Travel, and Tests. You can find Cliff on 2d6music.com or on social media as at JustEvilDMing, at 2d6music, and at the Comic Sads. If you recognize my voice, it's probably because I DM Tales of the Voidfarer. That or you've been listening to the other Firelight episodes. Or Fable's Curse. Or you've just been stalking me. In which case, fucking weird. Get a hobby. You can check out our new episodes of the Space Fantasy Hijinks in Voidfarer, the first and third Tuesdays of every month. I'm basically involved with every project here Derailed does, so check out all that stuff at projectderailed.com and at Project Derailed on all of the social media. I had the pleasure to guest on the upcoming Big Streaming Pile Halloween special discussing a movie that Fiona, Tom, and I are actually in. Project Derailed has merch. Put our shit on your body. That sounded weird. Close. I mean close. Anyway, Curse, Voidfare, Big Streaming Pile, and other Derailed merch is available at bit.ly slash derailed shop. We are doing a special Halloween Twitch stream, Halloween night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Join the Derailed crew along with familiar personalities from all of our shows as we wear silly costumes, hang out, and play Jackbox games with you in chat. That's this coming Saturday, October 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern. Hey, leave a rating and review for Fables Around the Table on iTunes and Podchaser. Just do it. It's free, ya dingus. Also, be sure to follow us on social because we're cool and I told you to. At Table Fables Podcast on Facebook and at Table Fables Pod on Twitter. All the music in this episode is from purple-planet.com. Moving on. Thanks again for listening to Fables Around the Table Firelight. It has been an absolute blast being in this season and running this spooky one-shot. We will be doing a retrospective covering all of the one-shots this season, so if you have any questions for Fiona, Cliff, Chelsea, or myself, be sure to shoot them our way on any of our social medias, and we will be sure to answer them on the show. Lastly, remember to go vote if you live in the United States and are able to. This election is super important. Make a plan and go. Now... Let's get back to the nightmare. The lights flicker in the room and the man is gone and the room is back to the test facility that it was. Emily 
blinks a few times. Okay, what the fuck was that? And you do now remember that this is not a sleep study. The details are still fuzzy, but you were recruited for your expertise to complete an objective, to recover someone, rescue someone. What? <laughs> what? What? What was that? Why? Why are we here? Okay, we can, we can figure this out. I'm sure you, you, you both are science persons. Yes, one is med student, one is psychology. Right. So, a lot of that has to do with, you know, the biology of being and the way brain works. Um, my question, how the fuck am I here? I just take a lot of drugs and find pleasure. We're, we're we're recovering someone? I- Do I still have this lockbox? You think about it and uh, you remember receiving it, but you don't know what you did with it. The memory isn't entirely intact. Well, that's useful. (laughs) Do we remember that we thought we were in a sleep study? Yes. Well, at this point, it doesn't matter who we were here for. I'm not fucking staying any longer. I will also say at this moment, everybody's strain is now at nine and you're suffering from psychosis. Nice. Uh, Which means that you gain no benefit from any of your specials. And if you roll ones that would add to your strain, they instead get added to your doom. Right. Mm. Um, Is that point for point then? So like every time we we add, we add one? If you should have gotten a strain, you instead gain five doom. Five. Okay. Just making sure I remembered correctly. (laughs) Anyway, Jocelyn, after saying this, um, marches up to the door and starts like banging and trying to open the the door with the slot on it. Yeah, you do. And you bang on it twice and it swings open on its own. Cool. What's in the door? It is actually filled floor to ceiling with these yellow cards that you've been pushing through the slot. And they actually come kind of avalanching into the room. No, Ooh, that is no, some no, no, comic no, no, no. book cartoon stuff there. I I don't like this. I, I do not like this at all. Are there any other doors in this room besides the ones to go into the, the test rooms? Two that each go into a restroom, and then there's four that go into the test rooms. Okay. Well, shit. <laughs> I'm going to start searching for that lockbox. The first place I would think to look for it is under my bed. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and roll me a challenge. Oh, boy. The bed punches Do back. A skill test. <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll three dice because YOLO. Well, uh, I don't gain any doom because I didn't roll any ones, but uh, that is a fail. Uh, that is a five, five and a two. Okay. Since you have a strain of nine, you do not find it in that area under your bed. I feel it is going to take a lot of luck to find this lockbox. You can see that all of these cards do have writing on them. Is it our writing? I don't know. You can look at it. (laughs) I would like to look at it. (laughs) Sure. Uh, You flip over the cards and they do seem to be your writing. Some yours, some Claudio's, some Emily's. But you don't remember writing any of this. They're all a little bit different. Um... One is just the word no over and over and over and over and over again, filling the no, entire No, that one's page. mine. <laughs> <laughs> there is one that looks like it is writing a letter from summer camp to a parent. There is one that just says he watches with a bunch of eyes drawn all over it. That one is mine. You find a couple that is just scribbled black 
across the whole card. You can even see places where it looks like the pencil broke and the rest seem to be some variation of just weird, insane scrawling. Uh, well, I don't like any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emily is probably like watching that <laughs> and uh, Claudia look for the box with like, Maybe like a tear or two has fallen and she's just like shaking her head and is like goes to the closest camera and looks up into it and is like, I, I withdraw my consent from the study. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go home. I don't consent to be in the study anymore. I, I, I want to go home. They don't care about your consent. They've been fucking with us for so long. Yes, I feel like they don't follow safe words. This this doesn't make any sense. This is uh, this uh, this is a type of study they would do decades ago to mess with people. You can't you can't do this sort of thing now. This is, goes against every sort of ethical board that would ever approve something like this. It doesn't make any sense. Like they're just trying to scare us. There's no there's no benefit. There's no like ethical justification for such a thing. No, of course there isn't. Joss is probably starting to try and like dig a tunnel through all of the the cards to see if she can like move them out of the way yeah make a make a challenge roll all right we're gonna roll three and we're gonna see what happens oh god damn it (laughs) was they all ones so i rolled a 10 okay that's a success and then i rolled two ones oh no (laughs) so you do succeed but you gain 10 doom the botch queen effect is here. <laughs> so you, you are succeeding in pulling out of these cards and they, they go deep, but you do manage to like carve yourself a little tunnel, but it extends into darkness. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with this. Claudia, you're continuing to look for a lockbox? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I maybe move on to around Emily's sleep area because... Sure. I am pretty confident that if I try and touch Joss's, even though there's not necessarily anything here that's necessarily personal, I feel like that's still Joss's space and I would get some sort of physical threat. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you assume that? Joss is a perfectly nice person. (laughs) Yes, Joss Joss has been completely kind and not cold and single word answer. Nope. Well, uh... Still no added doom, but still no success. This time, 443. Yeah, as search as you might, you do not find your lockbox tucked anywhere over by Emily's bed. It is going to be three tens over in Joss's area. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, you going to do anything else? Yes. She is going to go to the cabinet with the drinks and start pouring them out. Sure. Like the the Pedialyte. It's not Pedialyte. Whatever it is. (laughs) Sure, the Pedialyte. Yeah, you do it. It's goopy. Smells fruity. Great. Now I'm scared and it smells good. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what this plot kindling candle will smell like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, what's that one called, Chelsea? <laughs> uh, that one is called uh, Fuck. Trauma yeah, juice. That's, that's going to be my next order from you guys for an, a custom candle. Um, so she she dumps this all out and she's like, this has to be how they're feeding us the the, the uppers, the hallucinogenics, whatever they're giving us, the, it has to be through these things. I Well, no shit. Let's just not drink them anymore. They have to, if if we just refuse to do their study, they have to let us out. You think they care? They, they won't let us out. They'll sit here and watch us starve. That doesn't make any sense. That's just not how things work. The four doors 
to the test rooms fly open and the lights go out. That's that's fine. That's fine. As the lights flicker slowly back on, you see standing in each of the doorways is a silhouetted figure. You can't make out the details. Like at first, it's this weirdest sensation when you're looking at them. They're like, oh, that's someone familiar. What are they doing here? But, but even before you can identify who they are beyond this just vague feeling of familiarity, you realize that <laughs> it's not anyone you know. You notice their proportions are off. Their lanky, wide shoulders, their arms are too long, and their fingers longer. And you just see piercing purple oh, eyes. Oh, no, 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 And they no, take no, a step no, no, into no. the room. And the lights flicker again. <laughs> what do you guys do? Scream. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, I... Uh, they're probably looking at the thing and yelling. Probably isn't going to be a good idea. Fuck it. I yelled to my friends. Friends in quotation marks, We're not I suppose. friends. Uh, I yell, come on, this way, and wait for them to look over to me and then gesture to my magnificent new paper hole that I just made and then duck on in there and start crawling. The paper hole. Into the paper hole. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what else would you call it? (laughs) I think I am kind of dumbfounded at first, but uh, flight is taking effect, so I think I'm going to like kind of grab Emily and say, Come on, we, we we need to get the fuck out of here right now. Um, she's going, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real, but she's also following you. Yeah. <laughs> not staying around to find out. Yeah. That thing's going to put its finger in my mouth and I'm going to be very un- unhappy about it. <laughs> Jocelyn, you get through the tunnel, no problem, you were the closest one, but I do need Emily and Claudio both to make skill challenges for me because oh, these entities Nicholas, are going you- to lunge at you. You told me I couldn't take excavation, and excavation (laughs) would be extremely useful right now. The tunnel's already excavated. (laughs) Um. So okay, so I roll one, and then however many additional I want to roll. You can you roll one no matter what. Um, But you can roll two or three depending on the amount of effort you want to give. Five, five, six. Nice. Okay, I'm going to roll two. Well, actually, no. I'm going to roll three. Okay. That is... Ooh. Six, six, six. Ooh. Ooh. That's spicy. (laughs) Well, that's unfortunately not any successes. When they lash out at you, their fingers grab your limbs and rend them, and you feel the flesh kind of twisting and pulling uh, and tearing. So each of you are going to gain 15 doom, um, but you manage to pull out of their grasp and continue running, um, but are now wounded. Claudio, uh, you got grabbed by the arm, and now there's a large rip scrape in your flesh. And Emily, the leg, so you have a little bit of a limp. That's fine. I miss when this was kittens. (laughs) (laughs) No more kittens. No more Mr. Nice Kitten. (laughs) (laughs) And you dive through the hole in the cards, I guess. Yeah, my paper hole TM. (laughs) (laughs) Jocelyn, you are crawling your way through here, and it's deeper than you thought it was. You didn't dig this deep, but the card tunnel continues, and you get like little bits of like uh, paper cut a little bit as you kind of pull your way through and the the cards around you 
transition into the prickly branches and needles of a hedge and you reach the other side and you're in a garden a garden you're very familiar with yeah this is fine this is the last time you've been here you're a teenager and you emerge into the the garden of the steinman's mansion yeah uh i look around and it's a little unkempt, but it's just as I remember it. This is the last summer before you're heading off to college. Right. Uh, as I'm looking around, I, I take a, a seat on a, a stump of a, a tree that looks like it got, like, you know, hit by lightning or something. So it's fallen over and there's just like the stump that's that's left there. Yeah. It's one of your favorite spots. It's on a little bit of a hill that overlooks this fountain that they have there. Yeah. And there's little like garden pedestals with little statues and stuff all around it. And you're sitting there enjoying the view and there's a rustling and someone emerges through the hedges behind you. I turn to look at them. It's Lucinda. Yeah, I, I jump up to, to greet her. <laughs> there you are. You know, you're a little old to get away with trespassing now. Uh, they never tend this part anyway. They'll never find us. <laughs> I guess. And she kind of comes up and takes a seat in the grass next to you. And you can tell something's bothering her. Hey, uh, what's going on? Did you and dad have another fight? Mm, that's a safe guess, don't you think? I mean, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's, you know, not a big deal. Yeah. <sighs> what do you say this time? Oh, the usual. Nothing new. You know, I Look. I don't understand how you can stand by and let him do what he does. Luce, you know it's it's not that easy. Mm. No. No, it's worse than that. It, you don't just stand by and let him walk all over you, walk all over me, but you put him on a fucking pedestal. Like these statues you'd rather hang out with. Luce, everything we have is because of him. <laughs> no, it's not. And yeah, that doesn't mean, you know, he's been perfect to us, but like, where where else would would you rather us be worse off than we are now? How could we be he was in fucking jail. Yeah, and he came out and made something of himself. How how can we not celebrate that? Yeah, he he you know he doesn't care. He's not proud of you. He's not proud of us. It doesn't matter how much we're going to achieve. It's never going to be good enough. That's that's not true. You know that's not true. He loves us so much. <sighs> not what I've seen. He just wants us to be better for, you know, us and, you know, not to have to work as hard as he does. We're working. You can't be serious. We are working so much harder than he ever did. That's, you know, that's not true. You know, <laughs> I used to hate mom for leaving, but now <laughs> I know exactly why she did. Luz, come on, don't say that. You know it's true. You know she couldn't stand him. Yeah, and she was like, I can't stand him. And deep down, you know you can't stand him either. Yeah, and she couldn't stand us either. That's why she left us here. No, it was all of him. It wasn't us. I don't know. Dad stayed and took care of us. <laughs> Dad's not the one who who abandoned us when things got hard. Yeah, because he knew child services would come get us if he didn't. So at least we're not there. We can thank him for that. The bare fucking minimum. Hey, that's more than mom ever gave us. <laughs> She goes to turn and walk away, and she stops, and she turns back, but something's different. Uh, Luce? What's, what's going on? Suddenly you realize this is wrong. You were running from something. The study, the tunnel, Lucinda's face curls into a smile and her form grows. Her appearance flickers suddenly like snap of a finger's. It wasn't her ever to begin with, and it lashes out one of its long arms. 
for your throat. I need you to make a skill challenge to avoid it. <laughs> All right, we only gonna roll two this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate this. <laughs> I rolled another 10 and a one and I swear to God, I am not lying. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I I believe you. This is my D 10 (laughs) luck. I believe you. Um, Yeah. So you gain another five doom, but you do manage to avoid its grasp. And at this point, Claudio and Emily, you emerge into this scene suddenly where you were expecting the rest of the facility that this test is being held in is instead of this garden. And you see this creature looming down on Jocelyn. What do the two of you do? I think I'm going to try and run and tackle it. Okay. Help. (laughs) Emily, what are you going to do? Um, she is going to take everything in for a moment because she's just sort of shocked. And since they're in a garden, um, she's going to try to grab Jocelyn's hand and just drag her ass to run anywhere else. Okay. (laughs) Claudio, go ahead and uh, roll me a skill challenge. Um, and, um, Emily, do the same. Emily, you have advantage which means you cannot critically fail. The worst you can do is a partial success, which is basically, in this case, going to be, you would fail without any negative consequence. Cool. I got a six, a seven, and a nine. I got a 10 and an eight. Okay. Yeah. So you do manage to run up and grab Jocelyn by the wrist and pull her out from this thing's immediate shadow. Claudio, you lunge at it and... You don't tackle it to the ground. Now, is it equal or exceed for the strain? Or is it just, it has to be a 10? It had to be a 10. Uh, We're kind of doing weird stuff with the way the system is supposed to work. (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) No, I just, I wasn't sure whether it would be like a 9-10 as your chances of success when it's at 9 or just a 10. Um, it would be... Oh, it would be below. All right, so... Uh, my nine meets my strain level. Yep. Which, uh, which is a partial success. So yeah, you do, you do tackle it enough to get it off of Jocelyn, giving it enough time for Emily to pull her out. You, you kind of tackle it and it staggers backwards and you kind of land on your elbow and roll and you happen to look up and under a bush right in front of you is a lockbox. Well, that's a bad place for that. I am grabbing it (laughs) and... Saying, go, I will follow as soon as I can. Just go, run. These these are my fault somehow. Emily and Jocelyn. Um, I guess we're doing a run. Yeah, they're <laughs> running. Okay, where are you running to? Um, so they're in a garden. Yeah. What's... You guys emerged from like a break in the hedges. Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, there's like a manor deeper into the garden. This is like the grounds of a large estate basically. Mm-hmm. Is there like a road anywhere inside or just the manor? It's just the manor. There's like meandering paths through the garden. Inside feels good. Emily is going towards the manor. Okay. So yeah, you guys okay. run. Claudio. Yes. You have the lockbox and you are basically on the ground. This thing is staggering and turning to look at you. It opens its mouth wide and gaping, but instead of a black void, you just see through it the garden beyond. I just kind of stand there for a minute and just say, I 
don't know why I've seen you so much in my past. I don't know why I even know what you are, but get the fuck out of my life, you bastard. And I'm just going to try and make fake like I'm going right and then just go left and run uh, after uh, make, the girls. Actually, um, go ahead and just make me a skill test. You have advantage. Rolling three dice, cause YOLO. <laughs> this tactic has not worked well for me yet. <laughs> five, five, eight. Five, five, eight. So since you had advantage, the worst is a partial success. And something interesting happens that you weren't expecting. As you just angrily shout at this thing, get the fuck out of my life. It's like your will extends beyond your person. And this thing like flickers for a moment, almost as if you literally willed it out of existence. Oh, you hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems surprised by this and it, it's taken aback and it like staggers backwards and kind of like observes itself and looks up at you. But you get the feeling that you might have a power over these things that you didn't know you had. I think. I think that. I want to kind of explore this a little bit, and I'm just going to hold my hand out and just shout at it, fucking vanish. Okay. For the purposes of this, you no longer are suffering from psychosis. Actually, I'll say your strain in this moment has dropped to eight, and you can make another skill test for me, and you have advantage. Well, uh, I didn't get any ones. I got a three, a four, and a ten. Okay. The ten is a success. As you reach out, the strain of it, uh, this, this ability you didn't know you had, takes a toll on your body. Um, but as this creature lunges forward, it just pops out of existence. It's like your, your perception, your mind puts up a shield, and you can no longer observe it. You can no longer observe into its dimension. You shut it out. Well, that's a, that's a fucking surprise. Uh, <laughs> well, shit. Oh, I need to, I need to get to the girls. Yeah. You can see them running away towards the manor. Yeah. I start heading towards the manor. Okay. Emily and Jocelyn, you get to the manor stairs that lead up onto a veranda. And then there is double glass doors that go into what looks like a sunroom. Uh, inside we go. Okay. Yeah. I imagine Emily is still leading the way since she yanked Jocelyn out and then made the decision that inside is good. Yeah, yeah, she's going in. You run up and throw the doors open, and you're on your bed. Mm -hmm. It's nighttime. There's rain battering against the window. You're nine years old, and you hear shouting coming from downstairs. A woman's voice. Really? I honestly don't know what you were thinking. She's nine years old, for Christ's sake. It didn't look like it was going to be that bad. You hear a male voice. It was nightmare on Elm Street, Robert. You took our nine-year-old who <laughs> suffers from nightmares to a movie about a killer who kills you through nightmares. Okay, it sounds bad when you say it like that. Look, <laughs> she's fine. She hasn't had a nightmare since we got Barnaby. And with that, you see your old English sheepdog, Barnaby, put his head up on the edge of your bed and wine um she scooches back i think that she does this like sort of as quietly as she can because in her in her like child head i think that she thinks that if she makes noise 
she's going to get into trouble. Um, so she like scooches back and like pats the bed for Barnaby to come in. Yeah, he jumps up on the bed and he is bigger and weighs more than you do and almost yeah, does that like yeah. launches you off. But he he curls up uh, in front of you and you hear your dad from downstairs. And you said Barnaby was going to be a bad idea. Your mom says, look, that dog is bigger than she is. And they continue arguing. And as you're sitting here petting Barnaby, you are now your age. You're no longer nine years old. Um, you're in your room. You don't hear arguing anymore. Um, and you're just sitting there petting Barnaby. And that's when you realize that Claudio and Jocelyn are standing there next to your bed. I think that she's instinctively going to hug Barnaby closer to her, like make sure he's still real. He feels real. Um, Barnaby? He licks your hand. But Barnaby, and she like hugs him really tightly. Yeah. He's big and fluffy. Mm. He smells a little bit like wet dog because he was out in the rain probably about two hours ago. And that smell has not faded. The end. Everyone's happy. (laughs) Everyone is happy. She has her dog. And then they saved Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) But Claudio, you're standing here with the lockbox. Do I get any strange feeling from from Barnaby? Uh, No. Okay. So uh, big news. I can apparently make these things disappear. You can what? Uh, after I tackled the big long-armed bastard, uh, <laughs> I... Technical term? <laughs> the most scientific description, yes. Uh, after I tackled big armed bastard, I shouted at it to fuck off, and it seemed like it sort of recoiled from that. So I held hand out and yelled vanish, thinking... Yes, this is moment of death. This would be where I die. I'm not okay with this, but it is what it is. And it poofed out of existence. Well, that's that's good. It means that this all isn't real. We have to we have to take back control. We have to it, it's probably like lucid dreaming or something. Ugh, God, now even the fucking monsters are fucking with us. But I I found lockbox, so I to try open lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is a lockbox, however, it is not locked. Okay. Because we're running right. open. <laughs> I was going to say, is this about to be the worst MacGuffin ever? No. <laughs> <laughs> you open it and you see what looks like a stack of dossiers. Uh, do I see any that happen to be of myself and my two companions? You sure do. You each have a dossier. There is a photograph clipped to each one and it's weird it's you but older by a couple years at least this is fucked i hand emily and joss theirs and say it would be faster if we read about ourselves even though this is podcast medium and it will still take time for gm to explain each one (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah emily emily takes it but she's keeping one hand on barnaby because she's like real scared that as soon as she lets go this dog is gonna poof uh, Joss is keeping an eye on the dog. <laughs> yeah. So Claudio hands out the dossiers. Jocelyn, you look down. You see an image of yourself, older, standing there, photographed with confidence in a white coat. The tab says Jocelyn Holmes, MD. You flip it open and you skim it to the effect of graduated top of your class and now serves as head of neuroscience on Dr. Amy Ward's special research team designation Nightwatch. Yeah, that's unsurprising. <laughs> Emily, you look at yours. It says 
Emily Perkins Gilman, PhD, lead psychologist on Dr. Amy Ward's special research team designation Nightwatch. And Claudio, your dossier says specialist Claudio Caravino. And it says, Mr. Claudio Caravino has demonstrated specific talent in the detection and defense against EPEs or dreamwalkers and is indispensable asset to Dr. Amy Ward's special research team designation Nightwatch. Mm, so I clearly make a career in getting high and making monsters go poof. <laughs> Another dossier uh, is an outline of the special research team designation Nightwatch is a team dedicated to research of extraplanar entities or EPEs observable by those suffering from extreme sleeplessness based on the initial findings of Dr. Lawrence Ward. And then it says EPEs are commonly known as Nightwalkers are entities that exist on a parallel dimension to our own that seem to be able to interact with our dimension when they are observed. And as you're looking through these dossiers and reading them over, your memories begin to come back to you. This is not a prediction of the future. This is a documentation of the past. You aren't a psychology student, a med student, and whatever Claudio is. <laughs> a vagrant. <laughs> a guy. <laughs> you, you were those things. You were those things years ago. And in fact, Emily, you took part in a study at the age you thought you were. Nothing like this, of course, but it seems that the side effects, the psychological effects of being exposed to these things in the pursuit of this mission given to you by Dr. Ward, you've forgotten, you've reverted to a past part of yourselves, a constructed scenario in your minds, but your memories are intact now. Cool. <laughs> it's a little weird because you do remember everything that happened and like your your memories of misremembering and misunderstanding things are there, but now you can kind of put them back into place a little bit with this extra context of uh, the memories that you've now regained. Um, yeah, she'll like sort of use one hand to like rub at her temples as she like looks at the documents and she's like, I I'm sorry. I, I don't know what came over me. Um, this is, <laughs> this is all a little embarrassing, I guess. It seems it has affected all of us. Uh, yes. Yes, it seems that it has. Okay, so we're out of this thing now. Do you guys remember who exactly we're here to save? Uh, you're still standing in Emily's childhood bedroom, by the way. Right. Isn't it Dr. Amy's father that we're looking for? To Didn't we lose him to research? I feel like that is who this has been pointing to, uh, looking through dossiers to confirm or deny this hypothesis. Uh, yes, you can double check with the dossiers and do find that it appears that Dr. Lawrence Ward vanished after his own studies in research almost 40 years ago, shortly after a subject of his was uh, mysteriously killed. It seems Dr. Ward fucked around and found out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and who told him to do that first mistake <laughs> i think he told himself to do it which yes very first mistake you don't go looking for these things but when you do you have to tell them to fuck off he didn't <laughs> and, and i will say this uh claudio you now know with your memories back that the ability you have is one unique to you and no one's quite sure why but that's that's something that only you can do. <laughs> it's from all the psychedelics. 
<laughs> you change your mind and body. <laughs> I've hallucinated so much I can make hallucinations real or not real. <laughs> um, still keeping one hand on Barnaby, uh, Emily uh, stands up and, and has a dossier in one hand and she's like, well, uh, we all remember what we're here to do. Claudio, we need to stick close to you and I think we should we should keep going. We should keep going with our mission. Keep going? We should... We should get out of here. I mean, okay. So we we have Claudio here. That is the greatest tool we have against these things. If someone is in danger right now, I think that it is our ethical duty to go after whatever these things are, retrieve that person, and return, or at least find out some information as to what went wrong. And right now, we are the three most qualified people to do that. So what went wrong? Are you serious? Did you not see the monsters chasing us for the past 20 minutes? I'm pretty sure that's what went wrong. Well, right. I think and Claudio is able to combat them. So I think that we need to stick closely to him, try our best to keep grounded and remember what's going on around us and what we're here for. And then we can we can find Dr. Ward or we could just leave and tell his daughter to go fuck herself. Well, I think the biggest problem is right now, uh, as the kids say, we're thick in the shit. So uh, I think either way that we would choose to go at this point will lead to some sort of exit. But given that this is uh, some sort of shared hallucination space, as we've so far, uh, from what I'm gathering, we've traveled not just from... Uh, to your room, Emily. Uh, we've also traveled through an important part of your psyche as well, Joss. So uh, it is likely we will end up in some part of mine, which... Great. That's going to be fun. Have you, uh, have you ever listened to Beatles' Yellow Submarine? I expect something of that, I'm sure. <laughs> Great. I can't wait to go into the broken, damaged mind of a drug user. If anything, we're finding out information that we need right now. So How is any of this going to help us? Because we know that we're starting to lose ourselves. We know that Great. Claudio can defeat these things. And we know that, you know, we're we're sh we're going through a shared consciousness right now. That is an amazing discovery, even on its own. If that was the whole mission, then we would have succeeded and put forward this research decades. So if we can continue right now, which I believe that we can. And who is going to report this research when we die in here? We're not going to die in here. Dr. Ward didn't have Claudio. We do. Uh, yeah. D tell that to the wound on your leg, the wound on his arm, and... Woo! 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 Snap to the dog. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. The dog begins barking. Barnaby jumps off of your bed and is barking at the window. Um, she goes over to the window. Yeah. As soon as you walk over to the window, it shatters. And you see this entity in the window but as it shatters you smell wood smoke and barnaby whines at you and you look down at him and he looks up at you and he bursts into flames he's standing there wagging his tail looking at you concerned looking at the window but he's now wreathed in flames um and his hair begins to curl and his flesh begins to bubble and the room bursts into flames around all of you uh, as this creature enters she begins to scream. Um, is is the uh, is the bedspread on fire yet? Uh, yeah, basically everything's on fire now. This is fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is fine. This yeah, is fine. She's she's trying to put this dog out. You lunge at Barnaby, and he just like evaporates. 
Like he wasn't there to begin with. And this thing is still at the window? Yes, it is pulling itself in. I am going to jump across the room and shut. Not today, motherfucker. And just go and use that psychic energy and put it behind a punch to knock it out of the window. Go ahead and make a skill challenge. Oh, um, I don't know if I said, in your time in this room, your strain has now gone down. You're, none of you are at strain nine anymore. Everybody's strain can go down by one. So I think Claudio's will be at... At seven. Seven, and everyone else is at eight. Yeah. Now, this also means you can use your specialties if they make sense. Uh, so, and actually, Claudio, go ahead and uh, what are your what are your, uh, your, your rank one specialties? Drugs. Sex, gambling, music, art. All right. Hell um, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say you can put a rank two specialty above drugs. <laughs> that is, uh, you can, I don't know, what do you want to call it? This this good fighting extra planar entities. <laughs> Psychedelic combat. Psychedelic combat. I like it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Groovy. And then, Emily, you can put a rank two specialty over psychology with a specialty in, I don't know, what do you want to, what do you want to call it? A specialty in these weird dream-like hallucinations. Um, Maybe like nightmare therapy or nightmare psychology, <laughs> something like that. Sure. Sure. It's not as creative as psychedelic, psychedelic combat. combat. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even want to try to top it. So you can go ahead and put that when you're doing something that that makes sense for you get to add plus two to your highest die roll. And now Jocelyn, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> you can add a rank two specialty above. Did you have a medicine related one? I did. I just had medicine. Medicine. <laughs> yeah, you can put one above medicine. Um, and you can do it a specialty in, I don't know, neuroscience or uh, maybe something even more specific to this bullshit. Um, uh, and this neuroscience is, is probably fine. Sure. Yeah, so you can go ahead and put that. Now, um, that represents you guys are now specialists and have been on this team and you are now aware of that. Okay. So, so it, if you're making a check that uses that, you can invoke that specialty and add plus two to your highest die roll. So for a psychedelic combat, I roll 12, but I also have two ones. Oh, no. So, uh, yes, uh, you gain. Well, I guess you're back up to nine. Sure uh, fucking am, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you go back up to nine strain and enter psychosis. However, that strain pays off because you blink this thing out of existence. Well, uh, there we go. Fuck that guy. <laughs> we should probably not stay in the room that's on fire. No, I don't know. Seems fine. Uh, I guess I, I grab on to M because she's probably like still grieving over the dog and trying to pull her away so that we don't, you know, burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now that the dog is gone, she's like in shock, but she's letting herself be like pulled away to exit yeah. hastily. Yeah, you get the impression the dog wasn't actually real. The dog was just a memory, your your mind. Yeah, she like knew it wasn't real, but she yeah. was like very attached to it anyway. Understandably. Yeah. And Fiona, oh, you can't tell me a dog died in a fire and have me not use that against I know. You. Oh, it hurts <laughs> so good. <laughs> Where are you? Are you just going to like the door? Yeah, I'm. Mm -hmm. Like, I, 
jumping out the window sounds like not the best idea. So Probably I'm just not. out the and, door. And and you do see movement of more things beyond the window. Yeah, fuck that. Out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you run through the door yeah. down the stairs. <laughs> and uh, I believe uh, it was Claudio leading the way. Uh, sure. So you go through this door, but it does not lead into the rest of the house. Because why would it? It ha- <laughs> Doors have not led to where they're supposed to go yet. That's not how spooky dream world works. Right. <laughs> Claudio, where does this door take us? Somewhere from your past. I feel like this takes us to an airport. And it is very much little Claudio. Uh, flew from Switzerland to America all by himself. Mm-hmm. He's scared. He doesn't know what his family that he's supposed to be staying with looks like. All he knows is that his mom and dad said that they were going to send him off. They'd come for him soon. They didn't say what day. And he knows that, you know, they sent off his older sister a year or two before this, and they act like she never existed. Mm -hmm. So I'm really scared that they're not going to come for me either. Yeah, you're standing in the middle of this airport terminal. It's bright. The one whole side of the terminal is just basically glass floor to ceiling, you know, window that kind of wraps above you. And there's people everywhere walking back and forth, but none of them are looking at you. It is like you don't exist. And as you look around and as you try and like look for someone to help you, look for someone to get their attention, someone that may be able to point you in the right way, you notice that every single person, the hundreds of people wheeling their luggage, walking in this terminal, none of them have faces. Oh, this is, this is, this is very strange. Uh, okay, breathe. No, this is just more of this bullshit. You know this is just more of this bullshit. Yeah, sorry to interrupt your trauma and all, but can you get us the fuck out of here now? (laughs) Yeah, at that moment, you are now your regular age, and you have Jocelyn shouting in your ear. Oh, Jocelyn, it's always, always exciting time to see you. Um, okay. All of the people around you have stopped walking. Are they, like, frozen mid-walk or just standing straight up and down? Standing straight up and down. That's fine. (laughs) All of their heads, their featureless faces, turn to look at the three of you. Don't like that. (laughs) Claudio. Uh, yes? Do you, can you make them disappear too? Do you know if you can control these dreams any more than just defeating those monsters? Uh, I can try. Uh, I am going to try to make this airport shift to be a, uh, you know, the tunnel to an airplane, only instead of airplane, it is one-way ticket to out the fuck of here. (laughs) Uh, I guess make a skill check. You do have disadvantage. That's a lot. You're doing a lot. (laughs) I sure am. And boy, let me tell you, uh, Excited to gain this doom. Oh no! I got a six and eight and a one. Oopsie doodles. We're gonna die, and it's gonna be Claudia's fault. <laughs> I am trying to get your asses out of here. <laughs> so, all of the faces have turned to look at you, and now you see their shapes begin to change. Every single one of them is oh, turning God into this it. shadowy entities. 
as these figures kind of grow and uh, begin closing in on you menacingly, Emily, you spot a figure amongst them facing the other direction, seemingly like thinking he's doing like a presentation or lecturing a, to a class. Um, but you see Dr. Lawrence Ward, probably about 50 feet away on the other side of like a bunch of these things. Go get that stupid son of a bitch and I will keep their attention. And I think I'm just going to not even necessarily attacking them, but just like trying to draw all of their focus to me and running the opposite way in this terminal. If I'm going to go out, it's going to be with a fucking bang. Alrighty. Can we leave if you were dead? <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're trying to get their attention and like book it? Yeah, I'm trying to draw them away so they can extract the target. Okay, go ahead and make a skill challenge. Just straight up skill challenge. I will let you have your plus two psychedelic combat, even though you are suffering psychosis. Well, uh, thank goodness for that, because I got a nine. Uh, my other two dice were a two and a four. Okay, uh, partial success. As you kind of wave your hands, and it's almost like your psychedelic influence over them does in fact draw basically all of their attention to you, leaving Jocelyn and Emily free to book it towards Dr. Lawrence. I guess that's, we do That's so. what we do, yeah. <laughs> yes. right. He, he is right there. We are almost out. Go get him and take him too. It's only convenient. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you get there and it does seem like he's giving a lecture to nobody. Hypnagogy is the term used to describe the twilight period between wakefulness and sleep. It is a heightened state of mind, which the brain appears to be the most vulnerable to these extra-dimensional... Uh, yeah, Jocelyn walks up to him and that. pulls I'm... him down from his collar and slaps him in the face. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry, what? I'm, who, who are you? When we get out of here, I am slapping you again and you have... start to pull him in a direction. Okay. Yeah, you have to come with us. Please, uh, Dr. Uh, Ward, it's, it's crucial. You have to follow us. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> and and he will follow you. Claudio, you are booking it. These things have lashed out at you and beginning to claw at your limbs, but you manage to escape their grasp just a little bit longer. And uh, you are distracting them, but they are converging on you. Um, is there anywhere in particular you're going, or are you basically trying to avoid them for as long as possible? I think that what I'm trying to do is and I don't know if this is necessarily within the realm of things I can do but this is part of my psychosis so hey let's try it I think I am running to the uh, automatic conveyor belt mm. and I am hopping on that and trying to use my mind power in my own psychosis to create a gulch so that as I moved the end of that line follows with me. And so as they try and come after me, they fall like lemmings into this psychosis pit. Okay. Yeah. I really dig that. You're, you're kind of expanding your, your psychedelic like combat influence to like draw them into this like black hole of your mind, basically. Go ahead and make a skill test. Do get your plus two, um, which I'll give you despite uh, suffering psychosis because this is kind of your jam. <laughs> that is... A 10, thanks to that plus two, a nine, thanks to that plus two, and a two. Okay, so you do succeed, and yeah, you funnel them in. As you go, you kind of create this valley, this this 
black hole in your mind, and as they converge on you, they are like a magnet closed in. None of them are following Emily and Jocelyn now. Which Emily and Jocelyn, you are like running to like what makes sense to be like the exit of the airport, which takes you like up an escalator onto an, an overlooked area, kind of above the area where Claudio is. Mm-hmm. Now, Claudio, you've attracted them to you, but now they are converging on you. And I need you to make a skill test to avoid their wrath. Sounds pleasant. Avoid getting the big nom. You don't get this plus two. <laughs> well, that's a 10, a 10, and a 6. Holy hell. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, using your weird, like, insanity powers that you, like, almost un- unlocked a whole new level to. These things are lunging at you, and you're, like, basically just blinking them out of existence as they lunge at you. I, I feel like this is because, like, I've been dulling my powers, but it's been giving me that link to be able to use this. But now that I haven't had the drugs in a while, it's like... Oh, I am far more effective than at this than I thought. You're shaking off the ankle weights. Yeah. <laughs> You're still surrounded. So what are you doing now? There's still a lot of uh, them. Dozens. I think I yell up to the two taking the doctor out. Emily, if I don't make it from this, you're always nice to me and you're pretty hot. Joss? <laughs> you're pretty hot too, but you're kind of an asshole. And I'm going to try and jump up and get to the uh, level that they're at mm-hmm. with right. my, whether it be like trying to like run up these things and use them as springboards. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous and I love it. You still have disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, that would be a nine, a seven and a three. So a nine is still a partial success. So, yeah, you get up and you manage to grab the the edge, but you're still dangling off. And what it is basically is like you leaped and like pushed yourself off of these entities, these undulating forms. Um, you've you've like blinked them out of existence, but you can also observe them when you want to. And you kind of like will them into places to give you the boosts where you need them to get up there and manage to just barely get your hands on the edge of the platform, basically. But you're still dangling and they are still writhing below you and reaching and jumping up and lashing out to you. And I need you to make a skill test with disadvantage to avoid them. Can Jocelyn run over to try and pull him up? In a minute. Okay. (laughs) Because you are now dangling defenseless. YOLO, three dice. What's the worst that could happen? And you're sure I can't add these dice together? I'm positive. (laughs) That is a four, a five, and a six. Okay. You do not succeed, and I need you to roll a death roll. You're rolling... I have to roll under my... You have to roll under your doom. Well, uh... That is a fail. Oh. Oh. So, Jocelyn and Emily, you are escorting Dr. Lawrence Ward out of the airport, and you get up onto this platform, and you look to your left just in time to see Claudio 
his hands on either side of the platform and he just slowly starts pulling himself up and Jocelyn, you start running over and that's when you see these long unnatural appendages just reach up and grab him from behind his face and its fingers just piercing into his face and blood is pulling in his eye sockets and cheeks and just rips him down into the swirling mass of these mysterious, ethereal, almost, uh, creatures below. Yeah, like right before I'm ripped down, I say, I said go, don't fuck with me, go, get out of here. (laughs) And you are torn down. I hope I give them contact eye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, fuck. Jocelyn and Emily, you burst out of the front of the airport with Dr. Ward. And you burst into the circular test chamber through the double doors. It doesn't look the way you remember it. The stark white, super bright environment that you remember when you thought this was a sleep study. It's still circular. There are beds there, but it looks like it's been kind of ramshackled together in like a government hangar, basically. The floor is white. There's plastic down everywhere um and you see claudio laying face up uh on the ground his eyes wide open staring bloodshot and his eyes and ears and nose bleeding and he's laying in a pool of his own blood uh i duck down or joss ducks down to make sure he's dead i guess (laughs) yeah he's dead (sighs) um so looking around does, is it more apparent now that people might be watching us again? <laughs> it, it looks like it, but you don't have a whole lot of time to process. Dr. Lawrence Ward is there. It's, it's weird. He's He looks the same age that he was. It doesn't look like he aged at all. And he's like rubbing his temple. And he's like, I, I need to lay down. The door bursts open and you see Dr. Amy Ward rush in. All right, it worked. And she runs up and hugs uh, Lawrence, who doesn't seem to recognize her at first. And then that's when she sees Claudio and she goes, oh, my God. Shit. I'm sorry. At least he didn't die from nothing. Yes, that's fucking you. And you know that with Dr. Lawrence back the research that you all were working on as a team can be expanded upon defenses against these entities that exist in tandem to your own reality can be developed. These entities that baffle the mind to such an extent that your mind has to develop its own rationalizations for them. The human mind is a fascinatingly complex thing. They say dreams are just what happens when our brain tries to make sense of the random electrical impulses of sleep, merely attempts to make sense of the utterly nonsensical, looking for faces in the white noise. And that is how you tell a scary story. I said I didn't want to have nightmares tonight, Nick. What the fuck is wrong with you? I liked it. Thank you, you Cliff. <laughs> Somebody liked it. Oh, come it. on. See? I want to go back to being kittens again. Yeah, right? That was so much better. The kittens would have been so much better if there was terrifying nightmares. Come on. Satisfied with their exchange of tales, these four souls would part ways. For now. Until their next meeting. 
in the firelight. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a gif yankee. My character is a... doa. Fiona got lost on her way home and was never heard from again. Some say she went up to New England to haunt rich people's houses. Others say she took up residence in a cottage and became a powerful wood witch. No one knows for sure. Cliff decided to take a trip to West Virginia to get an inspiration for a sequel to his story. That was 20 years ago, and he hasn't been seen or heard from since. Some say Mothman, some say demons, and others say he may have found comfort in a place where people still leave the sound turned on for their cell phones. (laughs) Still, he is missed. Chelsea got distracted by following an animal upon leaving the fire. Some say she roams the forest with a gaggle of deer to this very day. Some still say they see a woman at the edge of the road, like a deer in headlights. Nick was never permitted to tell any stories ever again. (laughs) He would go on to open a mattress store. Not a haunted mattress store or anything, just a regular mattress store. It would go out of business four years later, at which point he resigned himself to starting an OnlyFans. Boo! projectderailed.com